Okay, let's focus ourselves into the scriptures. And uh, if you have your Bibles, and I know you do, open it to Luke chapter 10. It is a very familiar, familiar verses in scripture. It's about the Good Samaritan. We will study verses 30 until 37. Shall we pray first? Father, we thank you and we praise you for the opportunity that we can come to you in prayer. Lord, your presence in our lives is very meaningful to us. And I pray that today, as we study your word, we can honor you, we can glorify you, and we can encourage each other to grow into the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So the title of this message this morning is, How Can I Be Involved? That's nice, right? Okay, one thing that is true in every facet of life is this. Some people do not do anything because they actually do not know what to do. Right? Okay. And they say, I don't know that. You didn't tell me. How do you expect me to do something? It can be an excuse, whatever. But he does, just doesn't know. And today, as we read the story of the Good Samaritan, and I will read. I'll start in verse 30. It says, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was the neighbor of the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So the title is, How Can I Be Involved? The first point that I would like to share with you this morning is, I need to be aware of the need. That is in verse 30. Before you can be involved in something, you need to know the circumstances, the situation, and the need. The verse tells us of a guy who was robbed, stripped of his clothes, beaten, and left half dead. 
on the side of the road. The situation is very clear and the need is immediate. If you don't help the guy, he may die. An example that I can share with you is in 2012, there was a huge hurricane that passed by north of where we live in Mindanao. And it devastated the whole island. Trees, coconut trees were down, houses blown away, flooding. People were displaced. They were living in tents on the side of the road. And I have a friend, we have friends in Luxembourg who emailed me and he said, we heard about the typhoon or hurricane in, in the north place where you live. Do you do some help with people in the communities? And I said, you know what? We really don't. But if we are given the opportunity, we can. And why did you ask? I said. And he emailed me back and he said, because the Philippine Luxembourg Society here, where I am in charge of, he said, has collected some funds to help the victims of the hurricane north of your place. Would you be able to do that? And I said, yeah, sure. And so we went to the place and saw the need, and it was immediate. And it's for some reason, God's timing, he allowed that to happen for us to be involved in that place. The interesting thing is the guy who emailed me was a classmate of mine in the Catholic seminary for eight and a half years. And for many, many years, I haven't seen him. Until that time when he emailed me. And because of that help that we did with these people, we started building homes, repaired houses, and we built communities and relationship with them that a church was started in that place. It is fun. Okay? So things can happen. Expect things from God. Pray for opportunities. Because when you are aware of the need, you cannot help it but help. You will. That is, I need to be aware of the need. The second point is, I need to take personal initiative. It is in verse 34, and I'll read again. It says, He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. That's what he did. I need to take responsibility. Even if you are aware of the need, if you don't do anything, it won't help. You have to take that responsibility of the burden. The Samaritan went to him. He bandaged his wounds. He poured oil and wine. He, didn't, he did not have to do that. Actually, it was even something that is against his culture. I'm a Samaritan. This is a Jew. I can do that. I can associate with him. And he wasn't saying, you know what? This guy, he probably deserved to die on the side of the road. So I'm just going to let him go. Remember the woman at the well? When Jesus asked her, would you give me a drink? You know what she said? She said, I am a Samaritan. You are a Jew. Why do you ask me for a drink? Uh-uh, no, you can't be involved. Okay, but when there is that initiative 
it transcends barriers, culture, race, okay? Well, what is most important in life? It is because that you're brown or green that I'm not going to help you, or tall or dark or handsome or ugly? No, those are not the prerequisite of help. The prerequisite of help is initiative and need. And God wants you to do that. Because it eradicates the walls of culture and race and distance and prejudice. When you become aware of the need, you start thinking and praying about how you can be involved. Because you know what? Satan is an active guy. And he says, no hurry. Don't worry about it. It will get done. Somebody will do it. Satan always points to the other person, not you. It's not saying, what can I do? No, what can he do for this guy? Okay? And uh, there is a short story that I read. There was a blind man that was begging on the street. And he had a sign in front of him that said, I am blind, please help. Only a few people gave cents and like maybe a dollar. And then there was this woman who saw the sign, took the initiative upon herself, changed it. And it said, it is a beautiful day and I cannot see it. And when people saw that, they gave more. See, little changes in life can affect other people to do something. And you can be that person. You can. There are no little things in God's sight. But no one will read the Bible for you. You have to do it yourself. No one will do your quiet time for you. You have to do it yourself. Oh, can you read the Bible for me? I can pray for you that you will read it yourself. Because a personal intake of the scripture it is the work of the Holy Spirit for you to be able to grow in the grace of God. And if you eliminate all those opportunities, you are at a loss. You are losing time. And you have to make Jesus um, sad that way. Okay, I need to be aware of the need. I need to take initiative. And the third is I need to give financial assistance. That is in verse 35. And I read, The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Ooh. This is something when people start thinking twice or three times. The Samaritan didn't have to help. The Jew. But he even went the third mile by paying the innkeeper two silver coins that probably he doesn't have. And he is the topper. After I have paid you, I will still reimburse you for any ex extra expense that you will spend. That is generosity. That is giving financial assistance. We do not calculate the things that we give. 
we can calculate the blessing that can come out of it because it is God who will do the propagation. You'll just have to do that little seed of giving. Almost everything runs on money. <laughs> it is. You can't go to the Philippines without having plane tickets and stuff. But God wants you to use your treasures wisely. A preacher named John Jowett said, a ministry that costs nothing accomplishes nothing. If you notice, the Samaritan made sure that his involvement was complete. It is not halfway done. Giving financial assistance. That is very important. And number four, I need to obey Jesus' command. In verse 37, it says, The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him was his neighbor. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Sometimes it is easier to give finances than obeying what Jesus says. Because when you have given your money, it's done. You can't do any more. That's okay. They can do anything what I have, have done and given to them. But Jesus' principle in ministry is not like that. He wants the complete transformation, not only for the giver, but for the person who receives the blessing. When Jesus says, go and do likewise, you have to remember the person who uttered the words. Do not separate the person who said it and the ministry that he wants you to do. Because when Jesus says, do this, he knows it is important what he's wanting you to do. It is not a separate thing. And obedience is the key for the accomplishment of that mission. Go and do likewise like the Samaritan did, not like the way you want it. Well, I did help. I looked, and he was okay, so I'm done. No, it's not the way we want it. It's the way God wants it. The Samaritan's duty was not to help. What is your duty? He was even socially unable to do it. Jesus used this story to break down the social class at that time. We do not feel the cultural impact of the story as was in the first century. But I'll tell you, it is something like this. I converted it. And I want you to listen carefully. The story is something like this. There was a car accident in the middle of town on Sunday morning. Sunday morning. One driver saw it, and he said, I need to get to Life Church to lead the singing, and so passed by. Another driver saw the same accident and said, I need to get to Life Church to teach Sunday school, and so passed by. A third driver stopped and took the injured person to the hospital paid the bills, and went back to check on him. And he was a refugee in the U.S., 
trying to work on his legal status. The teaching is, irrespective of affinities, race, or culture, God wants you to get involved. What is your priority? That is the lingering question that you will always ask. And your priority is what Jesus wants you to do at that moment. So, four things. I need to be aware of the need. I need to take personal initiative. I need to give financial assistance. And I need to obey, obey Jesus' commands. What are the practical ways on how I can get involved? Okay, I, you told me, Pastor Mike, you told me what to do. Okay, now what are the practical ways how I myself can get involved? The Bible says pray. Pray for the missionaries, your missionaries. I see flags back there. Identify those missionaries in those places and pray for them. Pray for their safety, good health, wisdom. Pray for their ministries, their work. The people they work with, the country they are in, because this world is evil. We need protection. Not only that the world is evil, Satan who rules this world is active. You know, the Bible says he's just like a roaring lion ready to devour anybody. The reason missionaries send newsletters, brochures, news reports is for you to be able to have a glimpse of what is going on with the work that you support. And they want you to be involved personally, if not physically, that at least you know what is going on so that when you pray, you can specifically tell God, not that he doesn't know, but that he wants you to be a part of his ministry anywhere else. Pray for the persecuted churches. There are a lot of persecuted. We are so free in this country to worship God. It, there are places in this world where they cannot even have a Bible. They cannot have a congregation. But you know what? I bet you a dime. Those people there are more committed than those free worshipers in this country. They are very willing to take all the risk to honor God in worship. And we have so much here that we take, advan we, we take advantage you know, of it. You need to build your own war rooms. Okay? Not dens and garages and, you know. But you can have a special place in your house. Or anywhere else you are free to, you know, pray and worship the Lord and pray for those missionaries. The number, one, number two is the Bible says give. Ask how you can give financially. Maybe monthly support to missionaries or the people that are going to the Philippines, the youth group. You can do that. You ask for special projects. One-time gifts, invite people into your homes and discuss about how you can be involved in their ministries. And number three, the Bible says, go. Go and visit the work if you have time. Yeah, but Pastor Mike, Philippines is too expensive. It costs $1,000 for a ticket. Well, 
the Bible says go. It doesn't say it's expensive. So if he says go, he will have to provide, right? That's when God wants us to trust him in ways that he can provide if he wants his things accomplished. And he will because he doesn't lie. He promises and he gives. So my prayer is that you will seek the Lord and ask him to lead you on how you can be involved in the ministry of the Lord. In Proverbs 69, it says, In his heart a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps.